Hey, welcome to the School of Sales podcast, where we know in order for women to do what they love, they got to make money doing it. So let's learn how to do it. Let's master it and have a great time while we're at it. Hey, I got a really awesome episode for you today. I did a lot of drawing and demonstrations that is going to be in the YouTube video. And I highly recommend clicking and watching the YouTube video because these visuals is the very thing that makes it stick in your brain. It is the thing that, that you pull from mentally when you're in this weird sticky situation, especially with objections. And, you know, when someone gives you an objection, you feel kind of nervous and kind of sick to your stomach and you don't know what to do. I want you to think about the drawings that you see on this video. I think you're going to love this episode. It is the no fail framework for handling objections and keeping your confidence high, keeping your results high so that it can compound for good. Does your confidence as a female entrepreneur feel really inconsistent. And you find that it goes up and down really depending on what people are saying to you. And a lot of times these come in the forms of objections and their doubt of your offer or of your ability makes you question your doubt and, or makes you question yourself. And so when you feel that doubt, you retreat. You retreat back into your cave, so to speak, and you go inward and you think about what are you making all of these comments mean? And while I do think that's valuable, the problem is that when you're inward, you cannot be outward. When you're in the cave, you cannot be out into the market talking and selling your offer. And so when you're not out, you don't have results. So your confidence in your results is like a roller coaster. It goes up and down and up and down. And while I, of course, cannot control what people say to you, what I can give you is an objection handling framework that really cannot fail. And when you master this framework, it's going to be the very first thing that comes out of your mouth when an objection comes. First of all, it's going to buy you some time and it's going to give you the answers to the test. Questions are the answers here. And I think with women entrepreneurs specifically, um, I notice that they feel intrusive when asking questions, but you have to learn where this objection is coming from. We want to know the root. We want to know the story behind what's causing them to think these things about you and about your offer. And so today I really am going to talk about this framework, number one, but also tone and mindset. And if you can really change how you think about conversations and objections, your confidence will be consistent, number one. And number two, so will those results. And what's even more beautiful about the consistent confidence and results is that it doesn't just, you know, steady go up. It compounds on itself for the rest of your life. So I'm so excited to give this to you. And I want you just to lock in here, take a lot of notes and implement it immediately. So I had a mentor and he's still a mentor of mine. He's a serial entrepreneur. He has sold multiple companies and he made one little comment to me one time and said, you know, uh, entrepreneurs that have not had a million in revenue total, there's really nothing they should be doing other than sales conversations. And of course, as a sales girl, I was like, really, tell me what makes you say that? And he said, well, you know, you want to know what every single objection is. You want to have experienced every single concern that someone might have, because when you can handle every objection that might come your way, first of all, that becomes your marketing message. And also it just like 
infuses you with confidence, like you can handle anything. And I want you to think about this. If you believe that you can handle anything, what are you going to do? You're going to be out of that cave, right? You're going to be moving and grooving. And it's like these bullets might be coming at you, but you just, you know, block them with your armor and you just keep on moving because of how you think about objections and also how you handle them. So I'm going to give you this framework. I'm going to give you a couple examples. And specifically, I just want you to really notice how I think about objections. And, and I want you to adopt these thoughts. Adopt this mindset. If you can't believe it yet, keep practicing and rehearsing these thoughts that that you might hear that comes out of my mouth and write them down. And you might not think that they're true yet, but they they will become part of your beliefs if you practice believing it. All right, let's get started. So when you hear someone give you an objection, maybe it's about your price or your delivery of your offer, maybe like your credibility. Maybe someone questions your your ability to help them. Maybe like your whole market has a terrible reputation. And so someone sees that you are in X market, like a car salesman. And they're like, I don't, I don't want to buy from a car salesman. And of course I like love car salesmen. I love buying cars. I love getting the experience of being sold to. So it's not going to be the same for everybody, but of course there are some generalizations about certain industries. And I just want to draw this picture for you. If you're watching, um, or excuse me, if you're listening on the podcast, please, 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 please click the link to the YouTube video so that you can see the demonstration that I'm talking about. Cause this is going to be a game changer for you. Um, when like this image in your head, when you're moving through these objections. So we, um, like to talk about something called a belief bridge. You are on one side of the belief bridge where you believe like wholeheartedly in your offer. You believe in the payoff. You believe in the results. You believe that it's possible for people. And then there's your prospect on the other side of the belief bridge that honestly isn't so sure. They question it. They think it's a scam. They think that it's not worth it, that it's too hard, but you believe with your whole heart. And so you can feel maybe a little defensive, okay, maybe a little questioning tone, maybe a little, um, like a wall goes up because you're like, how could you not see what I see? And I will tell you, I'm a sales girl. Like I know this in my bones and my blood, like this is who I am. And I experienced this frustration recently. So one of our clients is this naked mind and they, um, help people live an alcohol-free life. I read the book and it was so amazing. And in fact, when I opened that book, I would have said that I was on the other side of the belief bridge where like, I thought it would be interesting, but I definitely didn't think I would end up being, you know, alcohol free. I maybe had one margarita on a Friday night with Mexican food with my husband, right? It was never like an issue ever. And so I just thought I didn't need it, but I, I wanted to read the book, of course. And I was on this side of the belief bridge. And every time I turned the page, every time I learn something new. Every time a new example was given or a new thought was given about alcohol or about what it does to your brain or what it does to your body, I just found myself slowly inching over this belief bridge and starting to think, huh, maybe the alcohol-free life is for me. Hmm. I'm not sure, right? I'm still moving. I'm not sure, but I'm feeling really pulled towards it. And there was one sentence that for me changed everything. And it was just the um, fact that the alcohol stays in your body, in your brain for 10 days after you drink it. And as someone who is an entrepreneur and really, really values mental clarity, 
that was like the no brainer for me where it was just like, boop, I believe, I believe in this life. I believe in this method. I believe in being alcohol free. I'm all in. And I noticed after I had that shift in me that I would watch other people drink and I would feel literally frustrated with them. Like I could feel in my body getting heated and being like, do they not get it? Do they not understand? Do they not see what I see? It's like, of course not. They're on this other side of the belief bridge. How, how would I expect them to know? But when you're so passionate and you're so on this other side, you can come off defensive and almost like you want to just avoid the people who don't get what you get. It's so normal. It's human nature. It's not a problem. What it is, is something that you need to be aware of. So I want you to have this visual in your head. When someone questions you and gives you an objection, I want you to imagine yourself going back to who you used to be, traveling back over the bridge so you can meet them where they are. Now, everyone has a story, okay? They have a story about why they think something. And um, that's what we are really going to discover is coming back to where you were and back to where they are so that you can meet them where they are, come side by side, and hopefully take them back over the bridge with you to safety on the side of belief. Now, the best like first step is for you to have this visual. Okay. And this visual is the number one belief. The number one thought is to get on their team, get on their side of the table. Y'all, I take this so seriously that I will physically move my chair beside somebody. If I'm in person with them, I will move my chair beside them and sit beside them. Even if it's so uncomfortable and it seems like it doesn't make any sense the way the tables are arranged, like this is so important. And so you do this with your body. And if you're not with your body, you do this with your words and you just kind of cushion their like response, right? So if they say this is too expensive, this is too hard, you just say, Hey, I get it. Right? Like if you were to go back into time and back to where you weren't sure either, you might've thought the same thing, right? I'm sure. Like if someone were to tell me, hey, like not drinking, it's just too hard. Like I just enjoy it so much and I I just don't want to give it up. And honestly, I have been there and I would say, hey, I get it. I love making sure that I have a good time as well. I'm right there with you. Do you see how I agreed with the principle of enjoying life, right? I didn't agree that it was hard to give up alcohol. I wouldn't agree that something is expensive. I wouldn't agree that something would take too much time or too much energy, but I would agree with the principle of what they're saying, which is, hey, this is expensive. And hey, like, I totally get it. It is so important that we spend our money on the right things. Hey, I totally get it. I want to make sure that things feel fun and easy and enjoyable. I'm right there with you. Do you see how that just like relaxes you and relaxes them and the walls come down and now we can open up, which is going to bring you to your second point, which is to have the mentality and the belief and the posture of being so fascinated. I have trained thousands of sales girls at this point, and I can tell you when they are not in this posture. And it is when they are in conversation, we'll role play and I'll coach them as they're role playing. And I can see in their eyes, I can see in their head, they are thinking, what do I say next? And their software, like the brain, their brain and the software in their brain is like overheating. It's the spinny wheel of death because they are going inward thinking about what they want to say. And instead of that, I want you to think about what do I need to know next? Think about how different that is. What do I need to say next? 
puts you in one posture. And what do I need to know next puts you in a completely different state. I mean, you probably physically lean in and you start to ask questions. Now, one of the biggest things I see with female entrepreneurs is they don't want to be intrusive with their questions. And I 100% understand that. It is so important to feel like people can open up to you. And the second someone starts feeling intrusive, it's like, zip. I'm not telling you anything. And this is why tone is critical. If you can get on the phone with somebody, if you can do a voice memo, if you can even send a video, like a Loom video with that tone, it is going to play a major role in someone feeling like you're a safe place. And so the next kind of thought I want you to think is, you know, what do I need to know next? And what is the story, right? What is the story from someone that um, thinks that having a coach is too expensive? What is the story of that? Like, is it possible that they've had a bad experience with a coach? Is it possible that they're spending money on other things that they might not need to be spending money on? Is it possible that they are confused about like what coaches do? Like, what is the story of why they think something is too expensive? Now, I'm going to tell you to ask them wh- like why, why they say that. And this is where the framing and the tone and the type of question is so, so important. So let's say you're a YouTube coach and you um, coach people on how to grow their YouTube channel and you offer your price and someone says, ooh, like that's a little bit expensive. What I would do if I was a YouTube coach, my first thought would be like, hmm, like I wonder like if they're a business owner and they are, you know, making sales and they're trying to grow their leads, I am so curious to know, like, what are they spending their money on? Like what, what is expensive to them? And so that would be my question. I would say, Hey, I totally get it. Like making sure the business is really healthy is so important. If you don't mind me asking, can you tell me a little bit more about what you're prioritizing right now when it comes to your spending and your growth of the business? See, that was a way of asking why without just asking why. It was a way of asking the story. And honestly, the question of like, hey, tell me the story of that. Tell me tell me how you got to this point of, of doing X, Y, and Z is a beautiful way to ask a clarifying question because you get to just open the door and let them go on a journey and tell you as much as they want to tell. And that puts you in control. So that's a great way to ask it as well. So let's go back to this expensive example. And I asked, um, you know, what is the, um, like, what are you prioritizing in your spending? And, um, you know, they might say something like, well, I'm spending um, most of our extra profit in advertising, paid advertising. Okay, cool. So this is super helpful. Like, I want you to think about the belief bridge right here and just about business in general. They have this belief that you got to spend money on leads, right? And, you know, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. I'm not really sure. Um, I mean, I like to think that ads are really profitable. And I also love to believe that you don't have to spend money on ads. I know plenty of people that are organic businesses that do $20 million a year. And then I know other people who believe that, um, you know, if you don't spend money on ads, you're absolutely crazy. You are insane. So there's, there's these different beliefs that you can have. What matters is that your prospect is believing what you need them to believe in order to work with you. So this YouTube coach, Specifically, she might have a belief that um, you don't really need paid advertising. You can actually use YouTube as your lead source. And heck, YouTube pays you when you do really well, right? So the next kind of step of this, this is our three-step process. This is number three, is to find the thought error. 
So the thought errors are um, something that I learned in my life coach certification. And it's really the thought that is keeping you from getting the result that you want. So an example would be like, let's say you want to stop procrastinating. A thought error would be, I can do this later, right? It feels so subtle. It feels so innocent. It feels like not a problem. It feels true, but it is the error in your brain software that is keeping you from getting the result that you want. So when they are telling you, like I pay for advertising and that is critical for, to our business's growth, we need to allocate as much money as possible to the advertising. If I was the YouTube coach, I would say, ooh, that's a thought error. And so it is my job to now offer a new perspective to hopefully get them over the belief bridge. Now, this might not happen in one specific conversation. And this is why it's important to have a very low attachment. We have high intention, but low attachment to the result so that you can just freely and confidently and comfortably help them see a new and different way. So if I was a YouTube coach, I might say something like, um, you know, oh, it was really expensive. Oh, hey, I totally get it. Like really making sure your money is spent on the right things is critical. If you don't mind me asking, can you tell me a little bit more about where your money is going in your business? Well, right now our money is going mostly to advertising to really crank up those leads. Okay. My brain is a thought error. So I might even cushion that again and say, oh yeah, leads are critical. In fact, everything, I believe everything is downstream from leads. And obviously they probably have a similar belief in that as well if they're spending so much money on paid advertising, right? So we just got on the same table, same side of the table even more, which is beautiful. And then I might offer a new thought that they are not thinking about and say something like, well, you know, I'm not sure if you've ever considered this, but you know, YouTube actually is one of the best ways to generate leads, not only free leads, but it becomes a platform that pays you to get leads and high quality leads. Is that something you've ever considered? And just see where they're at. Like see if they even knew that that was an option, right? So then they might come back with, oh, I thought it was just a nurturing platform. I thought it was just a way for people to binge our content and get to know us. I didn't even think about using it as a lead generator. Wow. How cool. Like you just offered them the gift of a new way of thinking about their business and a new way to grow that would be so amazingly beneficial for their budget and the quality of their leads. Boom. Amazing. Now they might buy, they might not, but at least you've moved them over the bridge a little bit more. And that's what's so beautiful about questions and being so incredibly fascinated is every time they give you a beautiful high quality answer and every high quality answer comes from a high quality question. That is a breadcrumb. That is a breadcrumb that you pick up and you put it in your pocket. So you know which way to go next. I think another thing that people really struggle with with objections is they feel like they need to say everything that they know, right? They feel like they need to just word vomit and brain dump all the stuff that that they see that their prospect is missing. But one thought, one breadcrumb, one new idea at a time, and before you know it, it will become, like one sentence will become the very thought it drives them over here into a believer. And I'll tell you, there is a huge difference between a buyer and a believer. A believer is someone who doesn't look back, who doesn't re-question the way they used to do things. They are all in, they are committed, and they go all in with you for years to come. Talk about recurring clients. Can I get an amen? All right, let's do another example. So let's say we're selling the same offer. We're selling YouTube coaching, okay? And I present my offer, I build the value, 
and someone says, you know, that sounds amazing. I just feel like this is something I can learn on my own. You know, you there's YouTube is full of free tutorials and free resources. And I just feel like I can do this. Okay. As a YouTube coach, my next like thought, what I would want to know if I were just to give you the in inside of my brain, my next question would be something like, okay, um, a hundred percent, like being able to learn something on your own is so powerful. I'm curious if you don't mind me asking, like, what is your ultimate goal? Like what had you interested in YouTube in the first place? Because obviously you're, if they are offering you objections, that means they're interested. So when someone is telling you what's really on their heart and what's really holding them back, they like, they want you to handle it. It's subconscious, but they do. So that would be my next question. Like, why are we even engaging, you know, and of course the sales grow away. It's like, why are we even engaging in this conversation? If you know, you can do it by yourself. Um, so what is your goal? Like what, what brought you to this conversation in the first place? And maybe they say something like, well, our goal is to have a $10 million business in the next five years. And I know that, um, you know, it's so possible for us to do that. And I'm looking at all the different ways that we can do it. Okay, cool. That's super helpful to know, to know exactly what YouTube, what role YouTube would play in this goal. And so what I hear when someone says, I want to hit a $10 million, you know, business in five years, I sense that they are thinking about like, what is like the only the needle moving things. And as someone who's also a sales girl and is also obsessed with needle moving things, I can sense and I understand why someone might think, you know, if I can't get that fast YouTube growth, it's like not really needle moving, right? It's not even worth my time and worth my effort when I can make so many sales doing something else. So um, I might ask, you know, okay, so what exactly are you doing right now to hit that goal? They might say, well, we are doing a lot of opt-ins. We're growing our email list. We're making a bunch of offers. We're doing paid advertising. We're doing what feels like all the right things to hit this goal. I feel like we just need to take our time, um, keep doing the, the things that we're doing and the result would ultimately come. So I would probably say something like, hey, I get it, you know, being able to learn something on your own is so, so powerful. One thing I just want to offer you is if you are spending time, energy, and money on growing your email list, you want to create an environment where people can spend time with you. In fact, it's been said that it takes 11 hours of your content and time with you for someone to make a decision. And what's beautiful about video and about your voice and about your content is that people get to experience the full effect of you, which is going to speed up your goal timeline much quicker than five years. Have you ever considered that? It's like, huh? Well, I've really only thought about growing my list. I've really only thought about selling my offers. I've never even thought about the time that it might take for someone and then the quality of time, the platform in which they spend the time, man, this might be something that would help me save time if I get a coach and implement it right away and really um, blow this business up, right? Do you see how powerful that is? So next time someone offers you an objection, I just want you to think about this bridge, number one, and just know that they are on the other side. It's okay. It's not a problem. Just go meet them where they are get on their side of the table, be so incredibly fascinated and find that thought error. Find the thought that's keeping them from moving back over to move into your island with you and be a believer for good. Hope you enjoyed this video. Please make sure you subscribe to this channel. There is going to be lots more sales girl content just like this. I'll see you in the next one.